Well, Ardra came down to Vintax too. She was looking for some stoles to steal. In a see-through dress, I must confess she was using her sex appeal. When she came across a tree-drinking bald man who was looking really hot, and Ardra jumped up on the witness stand and said, Boy, let me tell you what. Earthquake on the planet, rum boys, run. The devil's in the house of the Vintaxians. Pickard in the courtroom, fighting for our souls. Will Ardra win now? No child, no. <laughs> Hello. And welcome to Reengage, the weekly podcast where we watch and discuss episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Our cultural brudge officers dissect each episode as well as the pop culture and world events that took place when it first aired. We're a bunch of adults returning to the series we loved as a kid to see how it holds up. So go running with the devil and let's reengage. Yeah. Hello and welcome to this, our re-engage episode, talking about Devil's Do. I am so excited to have with me the cultural bridge officers. Greg Tito, how are you? I am very excited to talk about this episode. I Like the last one, I remember this one a lot and it was starting to really pop as soon as it was going. I didn't uh, resolve it, but man, this is such a cool character. Jimmy G. I am Gozer. <laughs> uh, side note, I actually sat next to Charlie Daniels for eight hours in Stuttgart, Germany, selling his CD as he signed them. And he refused to leave for his concert until every single person in line got their signed autograph copy of the CD. Wow. Stand-up dude. That is stand-up. That's story. awesome. Also, is my very first 45 record was Devil Came Down to Georgia. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, as I said, we're looking at uh, Devil's Due, star date 44474.5. That one was fun to say. Uh, with an air date of February 4th, 1991. Greg, what was happening in the world? There was some uh, continuing stories from things that we have been catching up with over the last year on this February 1st, so a few days before this aired, South African President F.W. de Klerk says he will repeal all apartheid laws in the opening of the uh, session for South Africa. Uh, he was you know, addressing it. They have a parliamentary democracy, so he's the actually leader of the, of the party that could write those uh, uh, laws, and uh, they went on to do so. But this was like the announcement, and many people said, uh, hey, you're just doing that because you don't want the economic sanctions. Uh, it was basically saying like, okay, no, so may, make, make those go away now. We said we're going to do it. Nobody believed him, uh, but he did actually uh, follow through. Which was good. Good for him, Mr. DeClerc. Uh, on February 5th, a Michigan court barred Dr. Jack Kevorkian from assisting in suicides. Uh, this is following on his assisted suicide from June of last year, uh, where there was a machine in the back of his van. And I'd forgotten the details of this story, but it, it does start to be like, ooh, that doesn't seem right <laughs> to do it in the back of a van. <laughs> Um, and it is uh, an ongoing uh, a series of, of, of court cases. This was basically there was an injunction saying you can't do this anymore. And this uh, court ruling said, yeah, no, we're going to upheld that as permanent. You cannot help uh, this happen, even though there was no specific law against suicides in Michigan at the time. On February 4th, though, I remember this uh, U.S. postage raised uh, went up from 25 cents. They went from 25 to 29 cents, which I just found really insulting. I was like, why not? Why 29? Yeah. Just do it to 30. Be a man. 
You're insulting both of us with that. Exactly. And then this, I feel like this was the beginning of the end where this, everything that started going up like every two years or so, they kept adding to the, to the price. I don't even know why it's like $4 now. This year it will go up by a hay penny. (laughs) And if you haven't got a hay penny. (laughs) Well, that's what was happening in the world. (laughs) And thank you. And thank you though. I love you. You were singing the Muppets. Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. And I recognize you and I see you and I love you for it. (laughs) And my brain then immediately went to Charles Dickens and the Christmas Carol, but we'll get to that. (laughs) Well, in pop culture, uh, for the second week in a row, the first time by surface, which we heard sung so beautifully by Eric last week, uh, was number one. And for the last fucking time home alone will be number one on the movie chart (laughs) and on television tim meadows and adam sandler joined the cast of snl that weekend i just saw tim meadows just aside tim meadows is a guest star on poker face oh uh, yeah episode like six or seven and i know all three of you if you haven't seen it already if you love the theater you're gonna love that episode. It all takes place in like a dinner theater. Oh uh, yeah, we haven't gotten to that episode amazing. yet. I'm, we're we're that's like the next one we're gonna watch. It's so great, and I love that Tim Meadows uh, it continues to do amazing stuff. Yeah, legit. Uh, this teleplay was written by Philip Lazbnik, and the story was by Philip Lazbnik and William <laughs> Douglas Lansford, and directed by Tom Benko. Jimmy, what was happening behind the scenes? Uh, well, speaking of Lazbanik, <laughs> who uh, I believe was a Wings writer, uh, this original script was pitched for the defunct or never off the ground uh, Star Trek Phases series. So they found this uh, episode archived. It had never been produced. They originally pitched it for season three. It didn't make it that uh, that season, but uh, it did find its production in season Four, so that was from 1977. The the original script was written, um, and I guess uh, the the script was very T or uh, TOS and had sort of a bombastic starship captain who talks the planet out of acting crazy. Uh, and <laughs> what I think is funny is the planet in the original script was called Neuter <laughs> instead of Vintex <laughs> Two. Uh, uh, so. A little bit of that. And then uh, Feckler, who we um, who was summoned up specifically uh, for Worf's behalf when um, uh, our, our devil comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's important to note that that's actually not the Klingon devil because uh, the Klingons do not have a devil. They don't believe in it. They don't have uh, a devil representation for the afterlife. It's specifically uh, a different uh, a beast because that's where you go uh, when you're dishonored. So mm. they wouldn't pick anything that's very Klingon-like to represent that. Uh, and we learned that um, in the 1969 episode of TOS that uh, they bring up that the Klingons have no devil. Uh, a Day of the Dove mm. is the name of the episode. Uh, and that's all I have from the Nemesic Files. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Eric, tell us of these guest stars of note. Well, I shall. I think we'll concentrate on the big three, and we'll start with Marcello Tubert or Tuber. Uh, not to be confused with our other person uh, who played Dr. Clark, Paul Lambert or Lambert, uh, or uh, our Ardra, who was Marta Dubois or Du Bois. Uh, they're 
you know, several possibilities for whatever you feel like saying each time. So uh, with Acost Jared there, he is the one who is still with us and still going strong. In fact, was uh, Simmons in an episode of uh, uh, Picard just last year. Uh, works through every genre you can imagine, does tons of uh, voice work and video game work in addition to every TV show you've heard of, hundreds of credits. I really recommend you go check out him and his work. But also, let's talk just briefly about Paul Lambert, who I mentioned earlier, Paul Lambert. Uh, Dr. Howard Clark, a character actor who grew up in Kansas City, so you always have to mention that. Once more, we get into the hundreds of credits Though this was towards the end of his illustrious career. We lost him not too long after this. His final credit was in Murder One. Uh, But don't forget things like Doogie Howser, M.D., that of the great theme song, second only perhaps to Matlock, which he also did. He was one of the Supreme Court judges in the Roe v. Wade TV movie that we all remember from 1989, Night Court, L.A. Law, and hundreds more. But really, we need to talk more about Marta Dubois, or Du Bois, uh, who is Ardra. I know that we've been talking about kind of this guest star really brought it home for most of us here. Like, this is a classic Star Trek guest star to me. And, like, <clears throat> I did some reading of reviews in this, and apparently everyone hates this episode. And I do not have that uh reaction when I watch it I think it's kind of fantastic and I think it's all on her shoulders because she is unabashedly just vamping it up in the best most grounded interesting fucking way that I can imagine I thought that I would look her up and see that she just was a superstar and though that didn't happen and she died relatively young just a few years ago at 65 of an aneurysm, uh, she did work very consistently. So, you know, it's it stopped uh, with an episode of Bones uh, around 2013, but uh, she's probably best known for a series of TV movies that lasted about three years, but they made about 12 of these. McBride, uh, also very well known for this particular uh, episode. Uh, she made... Uh, kind of great inroads with the fans uh, later on in her own life. Uh, we go right back to Matlock. Uh, right after this, that was her next big one. She did The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, which you remember is the one with Daredevil, uh, <clears throat> which was the first time uh, I saw that character on TV. It made me very happy because that was my favorite comic book at the time. Magnum P.I., you go all the way down. Crazy Like a Fox, one of my all-time favorites. The A-Team, Matt Houston, which I watched with my grandma. Hardcastle and McCormick, likewise. And she was a regular on Tales of the Gold Monkey for that one season that it was around. It was super interesting, weird-ass pretty racist show from 1982 to 83. Uh, uh, can't say it's highly recommended, but interesting. Um, and and that's who we have here. I can't wait to talk about her performance in this, uh, but we have a nice crop of guest stars in this particular episode. Well, thank you so much, Eric. Let's talk about said episode, shall we? Uh, we open uh, with Data playing Scrooge for some unknown reason, <laughs> because of course he is. <laughs> Because of course he is, is what it is. is. And Picard uh, 
freezes the program at some point uh, so that we know it's a program. <laughs> Otherwise, we're like, what are we watching? Uh, and we learn that Data is a method actor. Uh, because, of course, the android with no emotions would be uh, a oh, method actor just... and would not be able to tap into those <laughs> I love the scrooginess and the goofiness and the fact that he goes to his captain for acting advice. Uh, that never gets old. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, I just think that's the most amazing relationship ever that he's his acting coach on the side. Um my my thing that I go right to with this is uh, every time a writer writes about acting, my fucking hackles raise just a little bit because <laughs> it's not going to be anything close to what I think about acting. Um, <laughs> even like the definitions aren't going to be the same. Uh, or Stella Adler being a right. right. Oh, just... <laughs> She oh, broke away so from that fascinating. And developed her own yeah. school of acting. <laughs> Legitimately. <clears throat> so fascinating. Uh, but can we talk for a second about Picard and his list? Just like we do with the faces. <laughs> so we know <laughs> Picard is yes. a captain. He's an amateur yes. archaeologist. He's yes. an equestrian. Mm. He's yes. a fencer. Uh, and he makes least, wine. Now we know. Uh, a method yes. acting teacher. Oh, yes. He's a, a what do you, is that a venter? Vin, yeah. Vintner. It's got to be a nice word for. Vintner. A vintner, a viticulturalist. <laughs> uh, so his list is growing pretty long, too. But this guy can contribute. But, but it was a fun <laughs> yeah. scene. You know, it's always, it's always fun. It may be a little insulting to the rest of the cast when the show can be carried by Picard and Data, and they've done it a lot in the four <laughs> seasons where the two of them get to chew up the scenery and everyone, they're like, you know, you guys can, this could be a vacation week for you. <laughs> we won't really need you. We got Brent and Pat on this one. Be glad you're not Wesley. Well, during our walk and talk in the hall, Picard and Data talk a little bit more about emotion and how Data is trying to connect to his emotions through the art of theater, which I am actually all about. Uh, and then they get a distress call on the bridge. And there is a very staticky kind of a message from a science officer who is talking about looting and the science station being attacked. And he says, people think the world is ending tomorrow. And the line goes blank. Credits. What do we think of this little <laughs> teaser right before? I, I fucking love it. I got to say, I totally zoned out because I was still caught up on the fact that they misrepresented Stella Adler. In the I, scene knew you would be. I knew you would be. All was going on in my head was an argument of how you don't understand what she did and what she contributed. And I and I came to you, I was like, oh, shit, I'm not going to rewind. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the uh, the whole thing of like, it's mass hysteria, dogs and cats living together. <laughs> yes. I was totally in that mode of like, you know, making it as heightened as possible. And yeah, uh, yeah it was, was good going into the credits that way. Yeah, I love anytime you can sort of go, yeah, look out for that cliff. And then go straight. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a win for me. And in this case, it's fires and looting and rioting. <laughs> Yay. 
post credits, they get connected again to the science station and they learn from Dr. Clark that all hell has broken loose. The station is being broken into and the only person they're able to beam away is Dr. Clark. And we learn in the ready room that Ventax 2, where he was, is an agrarian society. At least now it is. Mm. They used to be super technologically advanced and then they gave it all up. What do we think of this uh, sort of transition into, we, we sort of go from, oh no, everybody is about to die. We can only save one person to, all right, let's talk about this over tea like it was like this, over tea, the fact that yeah. it was like oh this calming shot of him just bringing over some tea and not even a oh thank you like it was just like yeah of course <laughs> with the tea cup just rattling in his hand <laughs> <laughs> tea going everywhere well i like the sci-fi nature of how they explain it anyways i don't know if it makes sense that you know they, they're having tea while something bad could happen because they don't know that the, it, everyone's okay yet. Um, right. But I love that there's this teaser of uh, a, a super um, high tech society that for some reason has given it up and gone agrarian. Um, yeah. And like, I wanted no. to know why, like what's, uh, what, what could possibly have lead you down that road? And what level of agrarian are we talking? Like, are we talking Amish? Right. Mm, are right. we talking yeah, yeah. like steppes, nomads? Yeah. Are we talking like what? What? What are we yeah. talking? Is this Bootlerian jihad? Like, we you know we'll have machines. They just can't be thinking machines. Like, what? That is a right. Good, good point. <laughs> but from the from the map painting that is up there for a long time, and which is very awesome, by the way. That like yeah, that yeah. long shot of the people running and and looting and stuff like that set up. Um, it looks like they're pretty advanced, right? Like yeah. they, they may be an agrarian society, but they've got like the, the Epcot Center balls and stuff. Like that is a mark. That's like I think one of the things for first contact. Do they have the <laughs> Epcot Center balls <laughs> developed in their society yet? Uh, this is the first time that we hear the mention of the word Ardra as well, where we're introduced to the concept uh, of Ardra. And when Picard says, well, who is this Ardra? He says, uh, the devil. <laughs> the doy. The devil. The doy. The, she is the devil. Uh, turns out the scientists are being held captive. So on the bridge... They're talking to Jared, who is in charge, because everybody likes to put a guy named Jared in charge. <laughs> On the bridge, they learn that uh, the contract is due. Ardra has appeared before the people, and there have been earthquakes. Like people have been, there have been Ardra sightings. And in the conference room, Troy says the people are so stressed out that they might commit mass suicide. So this is our first sort of oh shit. Ardra's coming. Hide your heart, girl. Really makes that very leisurely tea even a little bit more egregious, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> totally does. Also, this the, the episode doesn't really go into it so much because this emergency kind of dissipates after a while because the emergency is people not giving a shit about life anymore. It's basically like Y2K. They were like, oh, everything tomorrow is going to be you know blown up so might as well just take what we can like it was almost like this weird moral break 
that mm. must have happened in mm -hmm. the in the right, world, and right. they, they don't really even talk about that anymore after this. But that's right. what the inciting incident is: is the right. fact that that's a good. We point. had this great a thousand years, but screw it, let's yeah. it up. I hadn't thought about that because it's like uh, they get released because of her, but there is no addressing to what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were going to come slaves you're going to take slaves like what it's, what was going on well picard of course wants to go down on the planet immediately <laughs> well he because is a archaeologist care to rephrase that <laughs> 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 he wants to go down on the, planet, the entire planet. Oh, uh, I don't want to rephrase that. I feel very confident. Okay, I just want to give you a chance, just in case. <laughs> no, no, I feel. Very, I love it. I. I, I feel, I'm I feel on your very side. firm in my decision-making process. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we've abandoned. There's like a hint of Riker about to be like, nah, oh, fine, go ahead. Like oh, we've abandoned the idea that like that <laughs> card can't go down on the planet. <laughs> Do you need my help to go down? I can help, Riker's trying to say. Oh, well. So, uh, Worf, Troy, and Data, and Picard uh, visit the planet together. <laughs> and Jared is like, dudes, you should not have come here. And suddenly there is an earthquake, and a woman appears and says, time's up. Which is just one of the best entrances. Like, immediately. So good. Immediately, I was oh, intrigued, good. but the very next thing she says is, when I want you on your knees, I'll let you know. And I was like, I'm done. I'm madly in love with this woman. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Step on me. <laughs> she vamps it up, though, immediately. Yeah. Right? Like, that, like, the, yeah. Whole, the delivery of that line could have been very much like, you know, oh, time's up. Or, you know, it could have been a little bit more naturalistic but she didn't know she went full this is uh morticia adams uh coming onto the planet <laughs> but she's still connected like it it you know it's it's a it's a marvelous performance because yeah. there, there's a difference between uh, someone who might vamp it up on purpose like she is and what she's doing which is doing it but connecting with her eyes in a very different way at the same time yeah. like it's 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 gorgeous do you think this introduction though is why picard immediately mistrusts her because of the vamping like because it, it he doesn't really believe her for a second he's like she's a flim flam Right? <laughs> why would he know that word i first? think as much as anything else it's the profit motive it's like why does a god want all the money right right Do you know yeah. what i mean I, yeah. I feel like that's when he starts to really uh, go at it. That's true. Yeah, because he certainly wouldn't have any t heart, any difficulty believing in an omnipotent being, right? Like he's seen right. it plenty of times, right? So that's not alarming or surprising. But what she's interested in. But she goes very quick to like, right. bring me receipts. Right. Like, listen, I, <laughs> I've met <laughs> gods before. Uh, they don't care about <laughs> the receipts. The ledgers. <laughs> My first act yes. of business, bring me your 1099s. <laughs> <laughs> they shall be deductible. <laughs> <laughs> well, she reveals that she is known by many names. Mm -hmm. uh, and then she changes not into the Klingon version of the devil because that doesn't exist. That's but, right. No. Beklar. Uh, Beklar. Uh, and she produces, she has the contract. She takes them to the contract place. 
uh, you know, where the contract is. <laughs> and shows them. Nicholas Cage just, just is there. He's just yeah. there. You might want to steal it later. <laughs> and everything is in order. P- Picard, of course, wants Data to look at the contract. And first, there's a little matter of those darn hostages. And I love that Ardra's immediately like, the what now? The who's with the what? <laughs> like, you're right, Jimmy. Like, what was the, like, the thinking... There was no plan. <laughs> Maybe they were writing it as they went. It was like an improv exercise. Like, and that's where they said no. No more. But that's, no a, more, uh, that's another tell then because she didn't know, right? She didn't know that there was – she didn't even know who the Federation was mm-hmm. really. Or I, you know, and that was her just trying to go – not in that it was beneath her, but that she was like, oh, yeah, I, didn't, I was not even aware what the situation was going on. But – I don't want to go over Feklar because that is, of course, uh, <laughs> another Star Trek Assy party with, with Rob Sadmi's Dragula. Uh, it's very good. <laughs> you I are not like Feklar. <laughs> and it's only worse, really only big moment in the entire episode, sadly. And it's a big one, though. Oh, well, yeah. Don't worry. He's about to get beaten again, so he'll have, <laughs> he'll have another moment. She says her last thing to Picard is, you're not going to leave because you're too intrigued. And that's what pisses him off. Like, I, mm. he just, <laughs> right? Because she's right. Because immediately he's like, well, we could leave. But we're not going to. <laughs> but it is my choice. She's like, you're going to watch me walk away. <laughs> I know it. Uh, in the conference room, they're wondering what kind of creature or entity or deity <laughs> She may be. Uh, They're even wondering if maybe she's part of the queue. Uh, and then this is where Picard immediately comes with, she is a flim-flam artist. That must have been left over from the original snake script. <laughs> right. like, it's such a great word. Leave it in. Flim-flam. Just say it. It brings a <laughs> smile to your lips. We're bringing it back. We're bringing <laughs> flim-flam, flim-flam back. The kids flim-flam. will love it. I'll have this phrase trending on the playground by next Tuesday. <laughs> it does feel like a data joke, right? It would be like data that would be going through all of the, oh, it's a con, a flim flam. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, yet again, Troy is unable to do her job very much because she is unable to sense much at all. Other than that, she is very confident in what she is doing. Uh, which is interesting, you know, like she can't necessarily read that she is lying or, or being cagey, but she's super selling it. And <laughs> I think that that is apparent by uh, the acting. <laughs> I felt bad for Marina Sirtis, uh in that conference room scene. It felt like she has like, she's like, I've got one line and I'm going to. I'm going to give this line <laughs> as yeah. much oomph as I can, even though there's no oomph in this line. Uh, back on the bridge, Ardra is in the captain's chair. And this is <gasps> where we see Worf get his ass kicked again. <laughs> so they He's got a list, too. Yes. <laughs> things, things he gets beaten by. <laughs> is that his list? <laughs> Omnipotent beings, uh, flim flams. <laughs> Weird ghost-faced creatures on the holodeck. Ardra looks great in uniform, though. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Yeah. Picard is stupid, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Riker would have hit that shit in a second. (laughs) 
I love, you know, they try to beam her away and it looks like it works, but then she's an ensign somehow. And then when the ensign comes back, he looks really confused. Like he doesn't know where he was. <laughs> and then it did make me wonder where she's sending people temporarily. <laughs> to her ship. Like, but then wouldn't they come back being like, I was on a ship. Not if it was a dark no, it's room. In a holod- it's a holodeck on her ship made up to look like their childhood bedroom. There it is. Oh, <laughs> perfect. They ain't telling nobody. He didn't say anything about that. He was just like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? Well, Data arrives on the bridge and gives the news that the contract is indeed binding. And that, of course, makes Ardra really happy because she says, uh, BT dubs, I also now own the Enterprise because it was in orbit of the planet, which also means now I own an android and that sexy captain right over there. Yeah, that was unexpected that she would try to like, no, oh, I know you're going to challenge me, but then I'm going to double down and go all right. in and say, I own this ship. And then we get Data and Picard in the ready room learning that there is a sucker born any minute and or every minute and picard uh this i i i see picard getting into the whole thing about con games i feel Mm. like that's his rabbit hole i feel like he listens to a lot of con game podcasts you know in order to just like (laughs) (laughs) and flim flammery (laughs) he's gonna start writing false checks soon and (laughs) that's right uh, and of course, Picard wants to outcon the con artist. Uh, and then he talks a little bit about how this con maybe started and talks about religion. And sometimes things happen a long time ago and they get misconstrued and you never know what happens. And suddenly you've got a religion around the whole thing. And that fear uh, is a powerful motivator. We got to find that loophole. We got to find that con. Anything about uh, the the history of cons with Professor Picard? I, I really now want to hear that list that Greg was talking about <laughs> of a flim flam, <laughs> a shakedown artist. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I thought he was really going a long way to tie it back into the screwed scene. Like, and you could use this data right. when we get back to the screwed scene. Remember, fear goes a long well, way. <laughs> An acting coach is never off the clock, really. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been great if you would have made Data cry. Your life coach, too? That's Picard. <laughs> yeah. In, in bed that night, Picard has fallen asleep in his uh, jaunty shorts outfit <laughs> and has fallen asleep with a book on his chest. And all I could think was, Aww. was he lying down reading it with it like above his head because that is just asking for danger like i have dropped my ipad on my face before we all know it's true <laughs> and it's resting like binding down binding which I was down like, so you made it flop that way and yeah. i really thought way too much about the mechanics of reading in bed <laughs> during this shot well all i know is that ardra arrives all see-through clothes and wind machines <laughs> and she's having a full on Tani Katane moment. Hell like it is yes. so yes. real. <laughs> yes. Oh, Tani. Yeah, I would not have even thought about it. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going to con you, but I'll. Right. Uh, for science. I'm not on your side, Ardra, but I'll be on your side. 
<laughs> Which is odd because that feels like a Kirk thing, right? You were saying this was a, uh, right. originally developed right. by Kirk. But one of the things that uh, I was reading that Michael Piller added to the script kind of late in the process after it went through like lots and lots of rewrites was changing the con artist to a woman. Mm. Oh. Which now I want to see Kirk trying to, you know, fend off uh, the woman's wiles. All right. Or the man's wiles. <laughs> right, right. Well, in the original one, it was. Uh, it wasn't a person who came back. It was a regenerated memory somehow of the people who made the original deal with Audra. So like the no. council members. And so that's how it tied in to like, why did you make the deal? And you know, who knew about it? And it was because it was the same people who were that's trying to, you know, I make like, sure like it went that through it is the devil. It makes a lot more sense. The rewrites worked. <laughs> yeah. And it made for more comedy. It sounds like the first one would have been, just serious and this was actually funny and fun yeah. well she says give we in got yeah yeah she says uh one of one of the classic characters of next generation and and she says uh you know you wanna and he's like you're vulgar and she's like what if i turn into this victorian lady and he says hold on a moment <laughs> 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 but he is not moved ultimately and so then of course she turns into Troy who comes in from the other side where she has been waiting just off camera so that she can come in and deliver uncomfortable lines to her boss <laughs> touching his naked chest Ugh. I just those days on set you know where you're like oh, I gotta rake through your chest hair with my fingers it's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's gross <laughs> but yet another time that they've used Troy uh, as you know a honeypot like how often do, is Troy just the like you know you wanna and it's like well maybe he don't wanna Maybe she is just a colleague. Have you ever considered that? Right. No. That's why I felt bad for for for, for Marina Sirtis. I was yes. like, she, all the all of her complaints of like, it, you know, this is a, a a thesis statement for it. You can just show yeah. this episode. Yes. But I like that Arja gets uh, revenge on Picard by sending him to the planet in his night clothes. Right. <laughs> and look who's there when he does. Uh, um, Jordy's working this whole time. Jordy's working this whole time. The captain's in bed, but Jordy's just going away. It's not like he just got back to work. He's obviously been at it the whole time. Lazy ass Picard. Jordy, as we have established, is thirsty as hell and totally would have gone along with whatever. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, how come you get to? Oh, come on. Man. It, it, it cuts away from Jordy to show Ardra come in, and then it cuts back to Jordy, and he's already naked. Just <laughs> the ship is yours. Well, Data brings a shuttle and a uniform, uh, and as they are on their way back to the Enterprise, Data says that he has found something in an old law where they used an arbitrator. And that may just be the ticket. Uh, but just as they're trying to dock, the entire Enterprise disappears. Awesome. What? 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 
Now, the old arbitration case, too, was about a Klingon handyman. And if there has never been a sitcom <laughs> that I would watch <laughs> like that of a day in the life of a Klingon handyman <laughs> on this shit agrarian <laughs> planet, that, that's the one I want to yes. watch. How would You're he right. say I'll fix it? <laughs> you are not Thakor. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so amazing. <laughs> I want to talk about this shuttle, though, because the yeah. shuttle seemed like a real budget uh, cut-in thing. It looked like it was only, like, there was carpet, like a board with carpet behind them. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the loading cargo uh, right. shuttle transports. It's really tight. Oh. They're like the fiat of no. uh, shuttles. <laughs> the fiat of shuttles. <laughs> The Pinto of shuttles. It's the smart car. <laughs> smart right. car. The smart car of shuttles. <laughs> I guess all the shuttles were being used somewhere else. Like, right. what happened to all the other sets? Did they get rid of them? I was very confused as to why they did it in such a small thing. All I could think when the Enterprise disappears was I immediately went back to, uh, I believe it was the late 80s, maybe the early 90s, when David Copperfield made the yes. Statue yeah. of yes. Liberty disappear. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right? Did you all watch that live? Because mm-hmm. I fucking did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and where the fuck did it go? Artist. He's Calm a flim flam. <laughs> right. Well, and I think Ricardo alludes to that, right? Because he said musicians have made all types of things disappear. Right. Yeah. So, and that must have been recently, right? So that was the writers definitely putting that in uh, after the Statue of Liberty. And we still don't know where the Statue of Liberty is to this day. Yeah, it's a, it's a duplicate. <laughs> it's a cardboard miniature out there now. <laughs> Using forced perspective to just make us think it's yes. really big. Yes. Uh, back on the planet, Data can't find the Enterprise anywhere, which is kind of a bummer. And Jordy finds out that there was a, like a power or energy spike of sorts. And they think maybe they can find this pattern again, the more Ardra uses the magic. Uh, and then speaking of the devil, uh, she shows up and he calls for arbitration. She says she has nothing to gain. <laughs> and he's like, what if I take you to where there's a big fucking huge fucking emerald? And she's like, wait, what? Have we ever heard of this emerald before? <laughs> he sort of drops it like, you know, everybody knows about this fucking emerald. He's she's like, how'd you know I like emeralds? <laughs> 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 he learned it from that uh, archaeologist lady uh, oh, that he was on the resort with on Ryza. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where it became like romancing the stone a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. But of course, yeah. of course, she chooses Picard as her prize. Ooh. It's got to be she a says, little flattering, I, right? Just a little right? bit? Yeah, the emerald is pretty expensive. And she, she's basically like, you have to pretend to like me, too. He's right. <laughs> well, and she says, I'm sorry. Like, this is the thirstiest character we may have ever <laughs> yes. had on this on this show. Because right? yeah. she says, I will enjoy you morning, noon, and night. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. She gives Troy's mom a run for her money, right? Right? She really right? does. Yeah. Like, maybe even makes her laughable. look a little tame. Right? It's true. It's true. And she does, she delivers that, like, right to his face, too. Like, she is up in his grill. Yeah, for sure. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, who said step on me earlier? Yes, I'm in. <laughs> Thank you, <Chris. laughs> This is like the uh, that Resident Evil lady, the lady 
Demestru or something yes, like that. Yes, right? yes, the really and, tall one that everyone wants yeah. to step on them. Yeah. Exactly. That's what, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she chooses Data as the arbitrator or the arbiter. And uh, uh, or the arborer, we don't know. He might like trees. <laughs> <laughs> he knows a lot about stuff. And Data takes Picard aside and is like, "Don't do this. This is a terrible idea. Because I will not help you out in any way, shape, or form." And Picard's like, "No, I know, dude. You're the perfect person for it." I love how it, this is like a, a echo of Measure of a Man and all the other kind of courtroomy scenes that we've had. It's it's really neat to have it be like oh now data gets to be the the arbiter of course oh, yeah because yeah, he's the android yeah yeah in said courtroom Jared is um, laying out that they knew Ardra was coming because of the date the appearances and the earthquakes and Picard's like ah you don't know that she caused all of those things and Data's like hey that's how they said in the contract that she would be known contract fulfilled score one for Ardra. And he tries to objection. And she, yep. Overruled. 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 I'm sorry, Captain. And he definitely uh, like must, the 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 power to overrule somebody <laughs> just by saying overruled. And then he like, follows how does that it up, shit doesn't not he? Go right to your head. He <laughs> does. He say, "I've ruled." Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sit down. Amazing. <laughs> oh. The power. So fun. It was really funny scene. <laughs> when they go back and forth in this scene, um, Jared talking about um, Ardra coming along when they had no hope, uh, she being the one to give them those thousand years. And before they can question Ardra more, she wants to question Captain Picard. And Data's like, yeah, I think that sounds fine. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, highly irregular, but I'm going to allow it. But I'm going to allow it. Good TV. <laughs> I'm going to give you a little leeway here. I want to see where this goes. And then she gives him, you know, if you don't think my powers are real, how do you explain this earthquake or this? He disappears or this. And she becomes the devil. Oh, worst devil ever. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that was a cartoon it was like John devil. Lovitz. Yes, it's John Lovitz. <laughs> uh, that's what I do, Your Honor. I'm the devil. <laughs> The tights were just a little too tight. Yeah. Well. I was like, I, you know, I thought, I thought devil, at least in D&D lore, devils don't have genitalia. So that was, it was wrong. Uh, in capes? <laughs> why, why does the devil need a cape? <laughs> <laughs> to make fun. There's a chill. Yeah. There's a draft. <laughs> in case they get cold in hell. Like, oh. Yeah. No. Case I wish I had over. a carnigan. <laughs> <laughs> she says can you explain it yes or no and he says no boom rests her case end of episode she now owns the enterprise and you <laughs> the card that's what didn't make sense about her taking him body and soul if she wins because she was already gonna have him yeah but this time he has to pretend soul. to like it yeah right that's it's acquiesce oh. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Functionally, it's no different. You're right. But it's almost like she couldn't resist it, her fascination. But then she would have had card. a big emerald. <laughs> it's her undoing. I think Ardra's whole thing is is uh, playing with Picard is actually what ends up uh, oh, for sure. unraveling her whole plan. Because he's that hot, guys. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, she gets <laughs> she gets so thirsty that she gets dehydrated and a little confused and <laughs> the headache alone. Yeah. The, the, the tremors. Uh Back in the science wing of the planet, uh, <laughs> the science station, uh, the old man, Clark, and Jordy have found maybe some coordinates, but there's no visual scan mm. that shows that there is anything uh, on the, uh, what is it? It's the north polar edge of the planet. Uh, back in the courtroom, Picard wants to know... Um, all right, so let's go here. Uh, he has such a great line of questioning with Jared. Like, okay, so you you got this great 1,000 years of peace. Cool, cool, cool. So she formed the government, right? No. no weird, weird, weird. Okay, okay. So she um, she destroyed all the weapons? No. <laughs> weird, 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 weird. What else did she do? Oh, did she clean up the environment? And like every, like, I just think that's his most... Uh, salient line of questioning is like what the fuck did you actually do or are you claiming to have done ardra and then he says he like he he, it feels like he he i feel like he could have been a little bit more intimidated by ardra in this thing he was trying to be like no but you know he almost goes along with picard's questioning a little bit too much i feel like if he was a true believer he would have supplied more of that true believer rightness here but maybe i kept yeah yeah. no yeah what were you gonna say i don't know (laughs) 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 i just know that at one point picard yells out did she not even pick up one piece of trash (laughs) (laughs) which is my favorite line indian with a (laughs) tear going down his his eye and he wasn't even an Indian. <laughs> I know. So bad. Picard Jim, says, uh, maybe you changed this world all by yourselves. So he asked Jared, do you have any doubt at all that she fulfilled the contract? Uh, and that's when he's like, no, no, she did it. She did it. That's that's yeah. where the true believer comes in, right? Yes, you're right. Uh, Jordy shows up. They take a little recess, recess and Ardra looks a little nervous for the first time. Like she, she kind of looks after them with like, there's just a little bit of a break in her calm. They're like, they've got a guy who can see through things. Uh Oh, that banana clip can cause a lot of damage. They're they're likely to send him to 10 forward and have him look out the window. (laughs) Never does. They never do that. Well, Jordy says they found her ship. It's cloaked. Uh, and the Enterprise, spoiler alert, was right where it was supposed to be. So it's a good thing that shuttle stopped when it did. Otherwise, it <laughs> a real disaster. <laughs> Data's a um, good pilot, but I don't think he would have been able to do it that way. <laughs> Picard says, I have a plan, but we only have an hour, which is always, it's always good when you've got a time constraint. Uh, in the courtroom, Picard tells Jared, you know what? She's not magical. And even if she was, I can borrow her power. So he starts to tremor and uh, and tells Ardra to stop it, which I think is yeah. super smooth. And she does the full on, I like it. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Jiggling is the best. <laughs> 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 and then he beams her away. Then Picard turns into a... Uh, not the Klingon devil, because again, we've learned that the Klingons do not believe in the devil. Not the devil. And you are it not Feklar. 
turns out that a team from the Enterprise has taken over her ship and she controls the whole thing with a blink of her own eye, which I was trying to think, Jimmy's doing it right now. I immediately was like, how many different ways can you actually blink? <laughs> my my headcanon, though, is now is that's why she was so vampy. Because she had to do so many like twists and turns oh. with her head and be like, uh, so you didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those were her winks. We're starting all of the tremors. Uh, also, I'm just also realizing there was a whole B plot of going on here. Riker storming the ship, taking it over, and right? like, all the plan of like getting yeah. it all ready to go. Like, what's the heist movie of that happening? Yeah, for Riker's sure. Levitt. <laughs> Riker and how many That's another chance to use that Klingon handyman how many people on that He's ship did he sleep with once he did take it over six <laughs> well it turns out that she is known by 23 different aliases and that she is indeed a flim flammer <laughs> I like that she's like, you know what? I'm going to let the planet go. I've changed my mind. And she just tries to casually walk out the door. Bye, Z's. <laughs> 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 she doesn't know about. She's like, okay, I guess we're done here. Deuces. See you later. It's been, it's been nice. But then, of course, the cops show up to ruin the good time. And uh, Jared says, you saved our lives to Picard. And Picard says, you saved your own lives a long time ago. Ooh. And then Ardra says, see you again, Jean-Luc Picard of the Enterprise. And we never saw her again. <laughs> never <laughs> Yeah, but we never saw her again. And uh, nah. it's disappointing because I love her. I'm just going to state that. Uh, so let's talk about great. this episode as a whole. Uh, Eric Curry, how do you feel? What do you give this episode? I give this episode six and a half Du Boises. Uh, <laughs> because I, I think she was stellar in it. And uh, is really the whole reason for the episode to be as memorable as it is. Um, the, 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 the shit with the acting is just... It's the one big miss they've had so far uh, in terms of uh, looking at Data's fascination with acting and with the crew's overall community theaterness uh, brought forth. It didn't really work in this episode. But, but Ardra was fantastic, and I give it overall six and a half. Thank you. Jimmy? I'm going to give the episode seven and a half flimflams. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. It's funny that, you know, the acting thing totally missed the boat. Uh, and the two actors involved should have been like, this is ridiculous. What you guys are talking about. Can we change this? Um, but it was funny. I mean, I laughed out loud a handful of times. Uh, and that ain't bad. Uh, and I'll take that anytime. So, <laughs> uh, so seven and a half flim flams for me. Greg. I'm going to give it eight Fecklars because I love it. I think it's fun. I agree that it is nice to have a change of pace, uh, even though the stakes are there. They're not like, uh, uh, you know, Federation ending stakes or ship ending stakes. It is just like, mm -hmm. uh, oh, how do we get out of this problem? Um, and everybody dealt with it really nice. The performance uh, of Ardra by Marta Dubois is uh, one that I 
remembered for for years and years and years so it's it's nice to see it come back and, and still have that love of it and i actually think that opening scene with the acting was done completely on purpose to piss off people <laughs> like it almost <laughs> feels <laughs> anytime you try to like talk about the the uh thoughts and processes of the profession you are doing while you were doing it, I almost feel like it was meant to be satire and or that after 300 centuries, they would have gotten the minutiae of, 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 of who split off from who in the 20th century wrong. Um, <laughs> I think they knew it. And I think yeah. it was, it was kind of supposed to be funny because Brent Spiner's performance of uh, uh, Ebenezer Scrooge was actually pretty bad. And I think that was part of the joke, too, that he had this, like, whiny, snivelly kind of uh, thing that I don't think matches as well. I don't know. I, I, I just love that we have that kind of through line throughout of, like, what is performance? What is real? How are you going to prey on, uh, on your emotions to kind of get the necessary thing out there? It's fun. Fantastic. I'm going to give it seven and a half wind machines. Because I just want to be followed by one of those, you know, just <laughs> to get that that Tawny Katane hair uh, moment. Yeah, it's just pure fun. Uh, I think that it makes sense that this episode was written in the 70s. It does have that kind of throwback a little <laughs> bit to the original series, but I love the original series, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with having an episode where you have a slightly larger-than-life character come in and and wreak a little mischievous uh havoc i think that it was a nice you know we've had in this season a lot of especially the front half of the season has been pretty heavy like there's a lot of family Mm. drama and a lot of there's been a lot of you know pathos and and wrenching of teeth wrenching of teeth Mm. gnashing of teeth gnashing (laughs) wrenching of hearts yeah gnashing of teeth but this is a nice change of pace in terms of having an episode that's just a nice little popcorn bowl of an episode to enjoy. And uh, I want to be Ardra when I grow up. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what that's going to be. So y'all just wait for that. And in the meantime, these pants are wet. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much for riding along with us on this episode of Re-Engage. Next week, we continue our mission with the next episode of the fourth season of Star Trek The Next Generation. Follow Re-Engage on Twitter at ReEngageTNG to get updates when episodes are published and some other stuff. You can also follow our various Cultural Bridge crew on social media. Kate Yeager is at Yeagerlicious. Eric Gratton is at Eric Falls Down. Greg Tito is at Greg Tito on Twitter and at Greg underscore Tito on Instagram. Jimmy G is at the Jimmy G on Instagram. Re-Engage is edited by Greg Tito and Jimmy G and sometimes Kate Yeager. Logo artwork by MojoJojo97 on Twitter. The music is by Ryan Marth. Thank you so much for listening. Stand by now for The Traveler to Re-Engage. Re-Engage.